We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It is Tuesday, which means it's time to catch up with Brian Driscoll, the publisher of irisbreakdown.com, the Sports Illustrated website covering critics, in particular Notre Dame football and Notre Dame football recruiting. And on Tuesdays, we just kind of kick around Notre Dame football and college football conversation with Brian. Brian, good to be with you. How are you today? I'm I'm good. I'm glad you didn't uh, you didn't duck out on me this time. I feel like you've been kind of avoiding me lately with the whole uh, my voice thing going on. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's been rough. Yeah, it does kind of seem that way every time you're on. I'm for some reason not doing the show. So, yeah. well, we've been texting. You know, everything is <laughs> is all good and dandy as we yes, work is. on a few things. But good to have a chance to talk to you. I'm just going to start with kind of a general wide open, not necessarily Notre Dame specific question, but as you look at how college football obviously offensively has evolved with the way teams are attacking defenses and now you're seeing the National Football League having more wide open offenses with the quarterback carrying the football, more spread looks. What do you think the next step might be for college football offenses. If you want to make this a little bit more about Notre Dame, I mean, feel free. But I'm just kind of thinking in general. We saw Urban Meyer kind of change things with the way he used the quarterback at Florida years ago. And we've seen the pistol formation come out of the University of Nevada with, with Coach Alt. I'm just wondering, 
Is there a next step you see looming? Is there something that might be an adjustment as defenses are trying to get ahead now of these spread offenses? Well, part of it, Darren, is going to come down to rule changes. And that's one of the things is part of what makes the offenses so effective now with the RPOs is rule changes that have allowed them to, you know, to, to be able to throw the ball with a lineman two, three yards down the field, which, you know, you couldn't do as much in the past. And I think there's other other rules that have, have added, to, you know, helped the offense and aided the offense as well. But honestly, if you go back and study the era of college football, I mean, it, it's cyclical to, to a lot of degree. And it always looks different, but it always goes around. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, when you, like, for example, saw the air raid first come out, it was throw it all over the field, you didn't run, and you still see that version of it at some places. USC is doing that now. USC, of all places, tailback you, <laughs> ran for under 100 yards per game last year on average. It's just unthinkable to think about, and Washington State still does it, but then you saw the evolution of, of air raid teams like Oklahoma in North Carolina that throw it a lot, but they run for over 200 yards a game. And I think what's going to happen is, as... As teams start to spread out and as defenses look for more guys like Jeremiah Musukoromo at linebacker and you start getting these teams that are having like 220-pound linebackers, all of a sudden some team is going to say, okay, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do you know be a big physical team. And, and I remember when Jim Harbaugh came to Stanford, you know, the, the Pac-12 had become sort of this really pass-happy, finesse West Coast league. And Jim Harbaugh came with this big physical you know, pound the ball, two tight end look. And as everyone was trying to recruit to stop Oregon and USC, Jim Harbaugh came in with something different and nobody was physically equipped to handle what they were doing. And so I think you see things like that. The Tennessee Titans are winning with a different style of football than what a lot of other teams do. And if they were to go win a Super Bowl, then all of a sudden teams are going to say, hey, let's be like the Titans. Let's go find a 225, 230-pound running back. And and win that that game. So that that's really to me what it boils down to. We're gonna we're gonna see as teams get smaller, some team is gonna figure out. And you, you see Ohio State kind of does that now. Where you know, look, if you want to go small, then we're gonna go big. And, and it's always just about being able to to look ahead and see where the game is going, and then make your adjustments before before the rest of college football gets there. That's interesting. And we've kind of talked about you know the evolution of Notre Dame's offense with you quite a bit and and what that might look like like we saw some little hints in in the blue gold game and they were obviously so multi tight end heavy last year so what's what's the balance do you think that we'll see of that this year do you think we see you know more of that kind of smash mouth look or, or do you do you think we see just a lot of different looks this year I think they're going to be very multiple. And, Sean, I'm a big believer. And, look, I've pounded on the table over and over again that Notre Dame has to be more explosive on offense. They have to be able to throw the ball more effectively and be more efficient and be more explosive. And you've got to score. If you want to win a title in today's era, you have to score points. What you've never heard me say is that Notre Dame doesn't need to use the tight ends. And you've never heard me say that Notre Dame shouldn't be focused on running the football. What I think is you build around your strengths, but then you have to adapt certain things to make your strengths even stronger. And my my advocation for what Notre Dame needs to do is you need to be able to attack the perimeter. You need to be able to attack vertically. You need to be able to force teams to defend the entire width of the field. 
The reason for that is is because that makes your strengths stronger. If teams have to per- defend the, the length of the field, and then you also have to handle Michael Mayer over the middle of the field or Kyron Williams out of the backfield or the Notre Dame running game, it makes it so much easier to defend. Whereas last year, Notre Dame was so reduced with their 12 and 13 alignments and the number of routes that they would use with their number two and number three tight ends and the fact that they didn't use their running back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed very often in the past game uh, from a snap-to-snap basis allowed teams to condense how they defended Notre Dame, which is why you saw Kyron Williams, who I thought was a great running back last year in a lot of ways, averaged over a half a yard fewer yards per uh, over a half a yard less per carry than Tony Jones Jr. the year before. You know, because it just made teams it made it easier to defend. So to me, me advocating for being able to spread the field and throw the ball more effectively is really about allowing Notre Dame to make its strength stronger and and complementing the strength even more effectively. It's not about, hey, look what USC's doing. Go do that. Please don't do that. That is not how you win championships, in my opinion. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Hmm. Brian Driscoll, the publisher of irishbreakdown.com, talking Notre Dame football, college football with us here on WSBT Radio. I'm going to ask this for... It's a minority portion of the fan base, but as you know, Brian, there's a lot of fans that base their opinions on the last time a team won a championship, we did this, and so it's the only way that we should do it going forward. And, of course, Lou Holtz won the last national championship, and there's still a part of this fan base that looks at the way Lou did things, and that's the way to win a championship. So I'm just wondering... As someone that has coached college football and played, do you think there will ever be a time in which the fullback will become a part of an offense in college? 
You'll see a little bit in the National Football League, and, and certain teams still use a fullback, but not that big 250-pound guy sometimes mm -hmm. we used to see. Do you ever see a scenario in which the fullback actually becomes more than just a goal line or short yardage type player for offenses? I do. I, I really? do, but I think the fullback is going to have to change in, how, in the type of athlete you're recruiting. What you're not going to have is a fullback that's just there as a lead blocker. I, I think when you look at how a fullback can be used effectively, you know, I think of some of the things I wish they would have done more with Tommy Tremble last year. You know, when you've got him as a fullback, and you, and, you know, his team's reduced, then you can use him more as a pass catcher. I, you know, I think back to the days, you know, when you think about how uh, San Francisco used to use their fullbacks back in the day. You remember the Tom Rathmans, the William Floyds, where you know they would actually be threats to run the football. They would catch the football out of the backfield. The problem with using a fullback is it eventually evolved into sort of a, you're just there as a lead blocker, and I don't think that's an effective way of using it. And that was one of my issues with Notre Dame's you know, heavy 12 and 13 personnel when they weren't using their number two and number three tight ends more in the pass game. But if you give me a you know, a 240-pound athlete who's maybe 6'2", 6'3", and he can carry the football, and he can be a lead blocker, and he can line up in the backfield. I mean, a, you know, a, a Mike Allstead kind of guy, right? Let's let's think about a guy like that. And all of a sudden, you've got a Mike Allstead kind of guy. You go put Kyron Williams in the slot, and you just start hammering teams between the tackles, and then you've got the RPOs and the different things that you can do with Kyron Williams outside. So, you know, is it something that we're going to see from every football team in the country? No, but it goes back to what I said to your first question, is there's going to be some team that gets that unique athlete <laughs> that's going to say, hey, nobody's prepared for this. Nobody can defend this because they're recruiting to try to handle speed and they're going to three-down defenses and they're getting a bunch of 220-pound linebackers, and then we're throwing this 235, 240-pound athlete in there as a lead blocker that can also run the ball and catch the ball. And so I do think we'll see that. I don't think it'll ever be as prominent as it was in an era where everybody had a starting fullback, right? But I do think we're going to see it because, again, as you evolve to, as defenses evolve to stop what football is now, then all of a sudden, you're less prepared to handle other things. And then when some offensive coach is, is, is innovative enough to make that a part of what he does, and he has the unique enough athletes to carry it off, then you're going to see that team be successful. Now, everyone's going to start chasing that again. You know, it's interesting, you know, talking about the, the philosophy of the fullback and obviously the option offense, the fullback is is very prominent. And my alma mater, Kansas, was actually, you know, thinking about hiring Jeff Munk or, uh, yeah, Munkin from uh, mm -hmm. Army. He was one of the final candidates before uh, they, they ended up hiring the coach from Buffalo. I, I'm, I'm curious, like, do you think that we will ever, Georgia Tech obviously tried it, for a while. Do you think we'll see that offense again in the Power Five? I actually think it's smart for some teams. Uh, I, it's kind of like, look, it's kind of like Mike Leach's air raid, right? It has a ceiling that's lower. That offense has a ceiling, in my opinion, unless you just have, you know, you have an Alabama's personnel. I think that kind of offense has a ceiling. I think the triple option has a ceiling. But I think for programs where your talent just isn't to the level of other teams, you can win with that to a certain degree because, as what I mentioned earlier, it's such a unique look. Uh, but I don't think it's something that you can win with for a long period of time. But, you know, if you go hire Jeff Munkin and, and bring him in for a five or six year period, I think he could have success. But what we saw with Georgia Tech when they went to the ACC is they were pretty good early on. 
But after about five years or so, then everyone sees it all the time. And what starts to happen is when you play the same teams over and over and over and over again, then the book starts being written. What happened with Navy is we're seeing it as well. Navy has taken a step back because now that they're in a league where everyone, you, they play at least six teams every year. Which means right. now six teams plus Notre Dame are now having to face Navy every year, whereas when they were an independent, outside of Army, Air Force, and Notre Dame, they played different teams every year. Mm-hmm. So you never were able to kind of establish a sort of any regular ability to play that. But now that there's six or seven, eight teams playing Navy every year, then Steam starts saying, okay, that worked. Oh, let's adopt that. And, it, and you start getting more of a book written on them. And I think that's something that's hurt Navy. It hurt Georgia Tech. So you have to understand, you can win for a short period of time, but it's not something that you can do for 10 or 15 years. And the problem is is it makes it harder to rebuild if that coach moves on because you recruit such a completely different group of personnel that you have to all start over from scratch on offense. Brian, as we talk about these spread offenses in college football today, I'd like to know when a school like Notre Dame picks up a player like Prince Colley, who is a part of this freshman class. What is it about his skill set that is so important as you take on these type of offenses? And if I could ask a second part to a Prince Colley conversation question, I'd like to know, do you see an opportunity for Prince to at least have a role on this year's team, or is he more of a guy that projects as a guy that maybe could start for this football team next year? Prince is a very unique player because he has sort of that 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 smaller athlete that we talked about, but also has enough size to where he can be a box guy. I mean, he's six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds, which means he's about as big now as Jeremiah Wusu was when he left Notre Dame. I mean, you know, because Jeremiah was two what two twenty one at pro day, which meant he put on weight to get up to two twenty one. And you know, he's a guy that a lot like Jeremiah that he has that real he really impressive short area power. And what I mean by that is. If you're playing safety and you can run from 10 yards off the ball and go hammer a guy in the slot, you're going to have so much momentum going because you ran 20 yards, if you think about the angle, that you're going to arrive with force. What made Jeremiah unique and what makes Prince unique is they can take three steps and deliver the same kind of lower body, just that that coil, that explosive. They can just drill a guy. And we saw Jeremiah do that where he wouldn't take much steps or didn't seem like he was running full speed, and he would just explode through a guy and lay him out. And Prince has a lot of that, so he can be an effective player. He's got very strong hands, so he can be an effective run defender. He can play inside the box in time as he adds maybe 10 or 15 more pounds. But he also has the athleticism and the range to be a guy that can cover, and that's really what it boils down to, Darren, is do you have linebackers that can be three-down players? And what I'm, you know, first, second, third-down guys, what happens is is in the NFL you're having to see so many substitutions and you, you're, I've, I've read stories where, you know, 65% of the time teams are in some sort of sub-package. Well, the more and more Jeremiah Wusu Koromoas that come along and Prince Collies that come along, these are the type of athletes that you don't have to sub out when it's a passing situation. They can play linebacker. They can play outside the box maybe on first and second down and then step in and play inside the box on on third down. And, and now you're covering tight ends and backs. And I think that's what makes Prince so unique. And what also makes him unique, Darren, is as a junior in high school, Prince caught over 60 passes for 1,000 yards as a wide receiver. 
He moved to running back as a senior and rushed for over 1,900 yards. So this is a kid who also comes to Notre Dame as a defensive player that knows how to play offense. And I think that is something that helps, too, is he knows what it means to work open. He knows about the the, the, the stems and releases and, and manipulating on the top end of your route because he did that as a wide receiver. And I think it's going to make him more effective as a defensive player. Jeremiah was also a pretty good offensive player in high school. And it's yet another reason why I love two-way players on the skill positions. So you're projecting a pick six then at some point from Collie with Well, I hands. said Jeremiah Wusukomo was going to have a pick six too, and he never had one in his career. Although I'm going to I'm going to chalk up the Clemson one as a pick six since he did there kind of take go. it out of his hand. So that's right. my story, and I'm sticking to it. But no, I, And to the second part of your question is I, I think he'll play this year. Now, does that mean he's going to be playing 50 snaps on defense? That's going to be tough because there's a lot of talented linebackers coming back. But I do think he's a unique enough talent to where you know, he, he could work up into the, into the two deep at Rover. But at the very least, you have to say to yourself, you know, if I'm Brian Poley and I'm going into to Coach Freeman and Coach Kelly's office saying, listen, Prince is not a five-year player. Even if you're not going to use him on defense, give him to me. Because, I mean, I have visions of Prince Scully running down on kickoffs and punt return and, or punt teams and then punt coverage and kick coverage and those things type of thing. So if I'm Brian Poley and he's one of my pet projects the moment he steps foot on campus, but, you know, but I also think he's a guy that has the unique skill set and the combination of size to where he's a better cover player than Isaiah Pryor, and I would argue he's got a bigger body and it projects as a little bit of a better run defender than than, than Paul Moala. So I do think he brings a unique skill set that's very similar to what Jack Kaiser brings to the table, and I think Jack Kaiser's a, a player that's poised to have a big-time season, so I think that could eventually be a dynamic one-two punch, and maybe eventually Prince moves inside if, if that opportunity arises. Any other freshmen in this group who uh, you know you think might be contributors this fall we obviously saw some of them this spring and and more of those guys are going to be showing up showing up on campus this summer for summer school and workouts are you talking about of the guys who have yet to show up is that kind of exactly. what you're asking exactly. yeah i, mean, I yeah. think that you know sean we did a show about this the other day and i counted 16 players that might have a chance to play as a freshman and and it wasn't because wow. there's a need but it's like they're just that good this was a really good class and you know i don't know if it was as you know one through five as dynamic as some other classes with like aaron lynch and stefan to it but 16 to 20 is as good as Notre Dame's had under Brian Kelly. And that's what makes this class so u- unique. You look at a guy like Kerry G who arrives this summer. He's a six foot 390-pound safety that can play the alleys. He can play center field. Maybe he can play some rover. Uh, you look at Deion Colsey, who's a 6'4", 200-plus-pound wide receiver who's about a year younger than almost everyone else in his class, uh, who recently ran a 10-8 in the 100-meter dash, and he'd never run track before. You know, he's a guy that brings a unique skill set that Notre Dame currently really doesn't have at wide receiver. I mean, they've had a ton of 6'4 guys in the past, and they're recruiting a ton of 6'4 guys in the upcoming classes. But right now in 2021, he's going to be their biggest receiver. He's another guy. Uh, JoJo Johnson's an Indiana kid that you know could potentially battle it in the slot if he can if he can make the technical adjustment to corner because he he was mostly a receiver throughout his career. Those are guys that just off the top of my head. Then of course the two running backs. I think Audric Estime and Logan Diggs both have an opportunity to come in and push for playing time, especially with sort of the the uncertainty surrounding you know Sebo Flemister's recent run in the law and us not knowing you know what the ramifications of that are going to be. Well, Brian, you've got a lot of things going on right now at irisbreakdown.com. And, of course, check out Iris Breakdown on YouTube. Brian does a lot of live breakdown sessions and recorded sessions, so that's something else to keep in mind. But 
What should people look for in the coming days at irisbreakdown.com? You know, we're going to start previewing the, the June visit se se session, which is going to be huge for Notre Dame. They're not only going to have a lot of 2022 players on campus, but there's a lot of 2023 kids talking about visiting and coming to camp. So it's going to be a, a really, really crucial month for Notre Dame from a recruiting standpoint. So we'll preview that. Going to have some film rooms coming out. And then on Monday, we're going to kick off our our basically our push to the season, which is essentially going to start off with a season preview. And then every day we'll have position previews. We'll have individual player bios. I'm going to do a bio on every player on the team. And bio meaning my way of bio, which means X's and O's, analysis, film of you know, what we expect from them to do in 2021, what their role could be uh, for this football team, and, and just really dive into it. Because, you know, we're almost at June. The players are about two and a half, three weeks away from reporting. Where, so in, in less than probably three weeks, we're going to get to see our first, well, the coaches are going to get to see their first chance of, of seeing this football team as a whole so it's a great time to really kick off our our push to the season because we're we're less than 100 days away from college football's first game and we're about 100 days away from notre dame's first game so uh, it's an exciting time and so that's what we're going to start we're going to start doing here on monday all that and more at irishbreakdown.com with their publisher brian driscoll always good to catch up with you we'll talk some Notre Dame football recruiting, which is going to get very interesting here in a few mm -hmm. days with visits starting. And I notice a lot of the athletes are making graphics showing their official and <laughs> visits and their non-official visits. So it's getting to that time of year and getting back into the swing of official visits. And, of course, Brian will be covering all that at irishbreakdown.com. We'll talk about some of those things on Thursday when we speak again. Brian, thank you so much. We'll talk to you then. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. That is Brian Driscoll, the publisher of irishbreakdown.com, the Sports Illustrated website covering Notre Dame football, Notre Dame football recruiting, and Notre Dame athletics. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.